0: Hi, and welcome to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This season, we've been discussing 10 traits of impactful Christian teachers, characteristics we need to focus on if we want to go beyond just teaching academics and make a real impact in our students' lives. We're discussing each trait one by one to see what the Bible has to say about it and what it looks like day to day in the classroom. If you haven't checked out the other episodes in this season, I hope that you'll go back and check out all of them. Because today we're talking about the final trait. And that is evidencing the fruit of the Spirit. You know, when you think about the fruit of the Spirit... I was, um, one of the pastors of the church we've been attending has been talking about the fruit of the Spirit lately. And he keeps using a phrase that I find so um, vivid. He talks about how the fruit of the Spirit makes the gospel attractive. And I really think that that's true. If we demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, we're going to make the gospel incredibly attractive to those around us. Or as it says in Titus 2, we can adorn the gospel or the doctrine of God. Let's take a second and just consider the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, to 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, gentleness or kindness, goodness, faith, meekness or gentleness, temperance or self-control. Against such things there is no law. Think about these qualities for a minute. Love, peace, patience, joy, self-control, kindness. Those are powerful, powerful qualities. And imagine the power of your testimony, how attractive the gospel would appear to your students, their parents, your fellow teachers. If your actions were always full of love, if your heart was overflowing with joy, if you had peace amidst the chaos, if you consistently demonstrated patience, if you were kind and good, had great faith, had the humility of meekness, and consistently practiced self-control. Wow, that would be a powerful testimony, wouldn't it? Especially in the classroom, when too often we are the opposite of these characteristics. Here's the thing. This is not a pie-in-the-sky idealistic solution. This is the life Christ wants for us. These are traits that are essential to the Christian life, qualities we can certainly use an extra dose of as teachers. But here's the thing. I think often we tend to view these qualities, the fruit of the spirit, from two different false standpoints, one or the other. We either view them as a Christian to-do list or an impossible standard, and neither one of these viewpoints is correct. Let's examine first. The first false viewpoint we have is that these are somehow a Christian to-do list. We must spend lots of time and effort working on our self-control. We must endeavor to be kind. We must strive for peace. But here's the thing. When we're trying to develop somehow in ourselves this fruit of the Spirit on our own, we are missing the entire point. These characteristic traits are fruit, results of the spirit. Okay, think with me what a fruit is. Let's take a common fruit, an apple. An apple is the fruit or the result of an apple tree. An apple cannot produce itself. It can only be produced by the apple tree. Just in that same way, The fruit of the Spirit is the fruit or the result of the Spirit's work in our hearts. Trying to instill these traits into our lives on our own is like trying to grow apples without an apple tree. It just cannot be done. The fruit of the Spirit must be grown by the Holy Spirit. He is the one who will do that work in us producing his fruit. This is just one more reason why our relationship with God is so important as we talked about in a previous week. If we want him to produce his fruit in our lives, we have to have more of his spirit in our lives. This means spending time in him with prayer, seeking him through his word, and deepening that relationship. So this fruit of the spirit is most certainly not a Christian to-do list, but neither is it an impossible standard. You know, I'm afraid that sometimes we as Christians focus our energy in the wrong place. Or maybe not the wrong place, but the less important places or the less scriptural places. Hey, here's, here's a few examples. Sometimes we try to be a light in the world by coming up with clever ways to get people to come to church. We have programs. And once again, there's nothing wrong with this, but we focus our efforts there. Or sometimes we focus our energy on our outside. We try to look like really good Christians by dressing what we consider to be the right way or by not doing certain things. And we think that that's how others will see a difference in us. Why do we do that? I think often we focus on these other things. Like I said, these things are not wrong. To dress well or to have programs, those are not wrong. But I think sometimes we do all these things. Because we don't believe it's actually possible to evidence the fruit of the Spirit. We look at it as something that's simply impossible. You know, I've heard a Christian who I greatly respect say something like, you know, God says we're supposed to show love, and that's how we're that God shows that people will know we're Christians by our love, but we're just not doing so well at that, so it's kind of not working, so that's why we need to show Christ by these other ways. This is a well meaning statement but it demonstrates the fact that some people view this fruit of the Spirit as some type of impossible standard. But that's not God's best way, and it's not what he says in his word. He desperately wants to do this amazing work in our hearts. And as he is working in our hearts, we need to be aware of what he is trying to do, that work he is trying to produce, and we have to allow him to do his work. We are not, the the example of the apple goes so far, but at some point it stops. The apple has no choice whether or not it's produced, but we do. We have a choice of whether or not we're going to allow the spirit to work in our lives, to produce patience, love, peace. As I talked about last week when we were talking about peace, I said we can choose to cling to our worry. And if we're clinging to our worry, we're not letting the peace of God rule in our hearts. So we have a little bit of a choice in whether we allow I'm sorry, we have a a tremendous choice, actually, in whether we allow the Spirit to produce this fruit in our life. We can be spending time with him, but shutting him down in this area. And that's what we need to worry about. You know, God wants to create this difference in us. You know, and that's the way he's designed for us to make the gospel attractive to a lost world and definitely to floundering teens and students. These are traits that he values. So here's the question. Are we focusing on them? Are we asking the Spirit to develop these particular traits in us? Do we believe that He can? Are we valuing them and honoring them when we see them in others? And are we desiring to grow in these areas in our own lives? Just think for a second. Do you value patience? Do you seek peace? Do you want to have self-control? Do you think it's important to have joy. And if you find yourself thinking, man, I mean, I know those are important, but I kind of really haven't been spending much time focusing on them, then maybe we need to spend more time in prayer and more time thinking and focusing on these traits, not as a to-do list, but as a prayerful effort that God would produce this in our lives. God wants to do this incredible work something that will not only transform our personal lives, but will be a radical example in our schools and in our classrooms. So let's not view these as simply to-do lists that we can somehow work hard enough to attain, nor as an impossible standard we could never live up to. Instead, let's seek God's will in these areas. Let's honor these traits, deeply desire them, and yield to the Spirit in all these areas. As we go closer to him each day and choose to yield our hearts to him, he will work in us to develop love, joy, and peace. He will help us be more patient, kind, good, and meek, and to develop in us self-control. We ended this series about the traits of impactful Christian teachers talking about the fruit of the Spirit, because I really feel like this ties so many of the things that we've talked about together. I hope as you look back over these 10 traits, you can see how when you develop these characteristics, let me review them with you quickly. We talked about a sense of mission, striving for excellence, loving our students, teaching for the heart, not just outward behavior, being humble and genuine, encouraging and edifying those around us, having a strong relationship with God, seeking wisdom and truth by thinking biblically, releasing fear and choosing to trust God, And finally, evidencing the fruit of the Spirit. These characteristics or traits work together to create a powerful impact. They make you someone that your students want to be close to and that they want to follow. I hope that as you look through these, you are encouraged and and just inspired to continue to grow your relationship with Christ and to continue to make a deep impact in your students. Let's pause for prayer. Thank you so much for just this chance to have a podcast that can reach teachers, that they can listen to at their convenience, and I pray, Lord, that you will do a work in each of our hearts and lives, that you will develop your fruit in us, and that you will make these traits something that we strive for and that we value in our lives. I pray that you will help us to make an impact in our students' lives. We talked about these traits, who we are. I pray that you will help us to take them and make a significant impact in our students' hearts and lives. In your name I pray, amen. Once again, thank you so much for being with us this season. We will be back probably in the spring with the fourth season. And I have a few ideas, but I I will share them with you as we get closer to the season. Um, But I really think we'll take some of these things. This season, we really talked about just some traits, who we need to be to make an impact. But I'm looking forward in a future season with talking with you more specifically about how we actually do that, how we can actually make an impact in students' lives and what that looks like in both a public school and also in a Christian school. I'll look forward to seeing you there. In the meantime, if you have not signed up at Teach for the Heart for our, to join the community and get updates by email, I hope you will do that. Um, we're going to be gone, take a break from the podcast for a couple months, except for maybe some brief announcements or bonus episode here or there. Um, so if you want to stay in touch, you can sign up to receive our email updates. You'll just get an email each Monday that will have an encouraging blog post or a word of encouragement for you, some practical advice and, um, keep you updated on everything that's going on at teach for the heart. You can sign up for free at teach for the Heart. Also, if you're not part of our Facebook group yet, I haven't mentioned that this much this podcast, but we have a Facebook group for Christian teachers. So if you are not part of that yet, um, definitely please join. I will leave the link for that in the show notes at teachfortheheart.com slash season three. And I hope you'll join our Facebook group and join the community and conversation over there. Hope you have a wonderful holiday season. And um, just continue to seek God and to do the work that you're doing and see God work in your students' lives and in your own heart as well. Looking forward to seeing you in season four. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.